successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello everybody and welcome to Grill Nation with Jason Grill. I appreciate you joining me today on, as always, on KMBZ 980 AM as well as on iTunes and Stitcher Radio if you're listening via podcast and also we are on GrillNationShow.com where you can find links to all of our shows, uh, guest photos of our great guests that we have on each and every week as well as social media information and a list of our amazing sponsors and supporters which I will uh, comment on now because uh, without them the show would not take place. They bring us great great guests each and every month, and uh, they do great work here in Kansas City and throughout the nation. Title sponsors of the show are Trust, MoBank, BOK Financial, and Two West Advisors and Ryan Rink. Uh, contributors and guest hosts of the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill are The Rieger and Jay Rieger & Co. Ryan Maybe, who will be joining us uh, again here soon uh, in a show in a couple weeks. One Light Luxury Apartments and Reactor Design Studios, and Clifton Alexander, who is a guest host and honor contributor. We enjoy the thought leadership and the uh, knowledge he brings each and every month. Appreciate all of our partners and supporters of a Grill Nation with Jason Grill. I want to preview our show today. Uh, very exciting show. We're, we're kind of going to talk about two different topics here today. Uh, but our first guest, uh, who will be joining me uh just here in a second, is Mary Jean Eisenhower. She's the President and Chief Executive Officer uh, of People to People International. She's also a granddaughter of General Dwight D. Eisenhower, the 34th President of the United States. I'll bring on her shortly, but I want to talk to her kind of about her background, fascinating story. And then in our next segment, in segment two today, we will talk to her about some exciting events coming up and uh, what People to People International does here, uh, based here in Kansas City. So I'm really looking forward to having her on the show to talk to her about kind of the organization, her history, her background, and uh, hopefully share some some great stories as well. After Mary Jean, we will have on uh, Joel Goldberg in segments three and segment four. He's a contributor to Grill Nation and comes on the show Oh, probably about four to six times a year. Uh, he is the pre and post game host on Fox Sports Kansas City for the Kansas City Royals. Uh, wanted to have Joel on today to talk about some of the things he's been doing in motivational speaking and throughout Kansas City, but also to touch base on the season that just ended for the Royals, kind of recap it for us, talk about what it was like to be, uh, on the field with the players, uh, especially those that are probably going to leave in free agency after the season, and then kind of talk about some of the things that he's excited about moving forward into 2018, as well as briefly touch on the Current playoffs going on and who he predicts will win the World Series this year. So Joel Goldberg is always a great guest on our show. Very knowledgeable and a lot of fun to have on. Again, his Twitter handle is at GoldbergKC, and he'll be joining me in segments three and segment four today. I appreciate you joining us as always today. It's great to have you. If you like our show, please uh, give it some stars on uh, iTunes and uh, please share with your friends. I want to bring on our first guest today. Uh, we have on the phone Mary Jean Eisenhower again. She's the president and chief executive officer 
of People to People International. She's also the granddaughter of Dwight D. Eisenhower, the 34th President of the United States. Mary Jean, welcome to the show. How are you? Um, thank you. Um, it, it's great to be here, and uh, we're doing great. How about you? Doing really good. Great to have you on the show. I appreciate you joining us today. Uh, I want to learn a little bit about you. So before we get to what you do uh, each and every day that helps out people across the world, uh, tell us about your background. You have an interesting background, obviously, uh, being the granddaughter of a former president. Right. Um, uh, well, I don't know. In a, in a nutshell, on that line, I guess uh, I, w- I was born in D.C., actually in the same room that he died in 14 years later. Um, at Walter Reed Army Hospital, and I was christened in the Blue Room, uh, which I always kind of joke and say, it's terrible when you peek at birth like that, but uh, (laughs) anyway, uh, and I think my favorite thing about him was that uh, he was just a knee-slapping grandfather. He was, um, I didn't realize he was really anything special until I got into school and started learning about his other lives. Mm -hmm. And your your father was the um, uh, ambassador, was he not? He was. He was ambassador to Belgium uh, when I was a teenager, and so I lived in uh, Brussels for uh, three years. I've actually been there briefly. What was that experience like for you, just just being a child of an ambassador and a granddaughter of a president? I, I have to imagine in your teenage years that was uh, quite uh, unique, obviously, and interesting. Well, I used to have a, a joke right after I had my son, and I went back to work, and I had him in daycare, um, and the first time that I went to pick him up, they said, there's Meryl's mother. And I thought to myself, well, geez, all my life I've been my grandfather's granddaughter, my father's daughter, and uh, my brother's sister, and now I'm Meryl's mother. What am I, you know, hello? <laughs> what am I going to be me? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it was unique. Um, it was kind of funny because um, it, it was like a mixed blessing, if you will, um, there were, there were a lot of unique uh, experiences involved, but uh, I also kind of lost myself in it um, to the point where um, I wouldn't really introduce myself by my last name at that point. I wasn't comfortable enough in my own skin, I suppose. Um, and that had nothing to do with how much I very I cherished my grandparents. They were they were the perfect. It was just everybody else's reaction. Sure, sure, yeah. for sure. When you have a last name like that, you obviously... Uh Draw a lot of attention wherever you are. Uh, so you were you started your career off in D.C. when you got back, obviously uh, on Capitol Hill. What was that like? Well, that was interesting because it was um, just post uh, Nixon, and so a lot of people would see my name tag on my desk, and uh, they would automatically start telling me what they thought of Nixon because Granddad and Nixon were so closely associated. And uh, I got to the point where I put the name tag in the bottom drawer. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have one, but um, uh, Capitol Hill was uh, extremely interesting, and I don't think it's a whole lot different now than it was then, uh, except that, you know, of course, there's uh, stronger communications with uh, social media and things like that, uh, Twitter. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but um, it it, um, it was an education. I don't think I'd choose it for a lifelong career. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, I actually uh, worked in D.C. as well, interned there too, and it's, it's definitely a career or a, a fast-paced, grinding-out uh, lifestyle, that's it's for sure. It's a whole way of life. It sure is. Long days, that's for and sure. by the way, I voted for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Mary Jean, so we got about a minute left in our first segment today. Uh, talk to us about you coming to Kansas City and, and, and kind of highlight what you're doing now. And then in our next segment, let's get into People to People International. 
Oh, okay. Um, well, of course, um, I came to Kansas City uh, because of People to People International, and now it's like um, I kind of like to say I'm, I'm Kansas Cityan by choice. And uh, while I'm not from here originally, I've been here almost 20 years now, and it is definitely home. There's no question about it. I love this area. It's it's um, it's like the best of all the cultures of the United States uh, without any of the baggage. You know, it's just all wrapped up <laughs> into one. It's very nice. You know, I've never heard that before, but I like that as a as an advocate for Kansas City. And it's always nice to hear from people who who aren't from here. You know, they come here uh, a lot of times from the coast, and you know, have no intention of staying in Kansas City, and then they they start to like it and then they don't want to leave it, it's it's always nice to hear that about your city and uh gives you pride and it's really cool that the people are like that uh, mary jean eisenhower is our guest i really want to talk to you about people to people international here after the break the website for that organization is ptpi.org and after the break we're going to bring uh, mary jean back on here and talk about the mission the values the vision and some of the stories around the organization you're listening to grill nation thanks for listening Welcome back to the Grill Nation show on 980 AM KMBZ. Again, I'm your host, Jason Grill. I appreciate you joining us, coming back after the break. Hope you've been enjoying the show thus far. Again, you connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. I'm also on all other forms of social media. Just check out my name at Jason Grill and uh, check out our website at grillnationshow.com. Really excited to have back for uh, our second segment today, Mary Jean Eisenhower. Mary Jean is the... President and Chief Executive Officer of People to People International. She's a granddaughter of General Dwight D. Eisenhower, the 34th President of the United States, and moved here to Kansas City about 20 years ago when she started working at People to People International, which is uh, a group whose mission is to enhance international understanding and friendship through educational, cultural, and humanitarian activities involving the exchange of ideas and experiences directly among people of different countries and diverse cultures. The website is ptpi.org. Uh, Mary Jean, welcome back to the show. Uh, want to, uh, first off, give us a little bit of a taste of the history of this organization and actually when it was formed and, and kind of, uh, we'll, we'll go through progression after that. Sure. Um, well, ever since, you know, fr- from the very beginning of D-Day all the way to the end of the war into his presidency, Granddad was haunted by his his uh, World War II experience, particularly the um, the death camps of um, the Holocaust. And uh, he wanted to create an organization where people, um, you know, interfaced and, and at least reached an understanding, if not a friendship, uh, by working on common problems that, you know, I mean, everybody has to eat, right? It doesn't matter what language you speak and things like that. He, he, he wanted to create um, an environment or tools, if you will, to create peace. And I kind of call him the architect of peace because that, that was his goal even in wartime. So he founded it originally as part of the um, U.S. Information Agency, which is now part of the State Department. Um, and uh, there were lots of exchanges at that time. It was committee run. But then when he was leaving office in 1960, um, he wanted to 
bring it into the private sector because he said if it doesn't belong to the people, it, it, it won't work. And um, interestingly, that was on the coattails of uh, the McCarthy era. And um, he uh, approached uh, various foundations, all of whom were friends of his, um, and asked for funding. And they thought that it was psychological warfare, if you can believe that, the peace for understanding thing. Um, and they turned him down. And there, there's even letters of his disappointment um, at the at the Eisenhower Library in Abilene, Kansas. But um, he was coming through Kansas City to see uh, his friend Joyce Hall. And I might add that Hallmark actually did all the stationery in the White House and and all of that. They were they were like old chums, you know, hmm. kind of cut from the same cloth. J.C. Hall and, and Granddad, and um, uh, Hall agreed to finance it, but he said he didn't do anything outside of Kansas City. So we moved from Washington to Kansas City in 1961, and it's been our home ever since. And that's my blessing, because that's how I ended up here. <laughs> I like that. I think more people need to have that, that in a global economy, in a global world, uh, business leaders bringing businesses to Kansas City. That was, that was pretty uh, suave there by uh, Mr. Hall. Oh, Absolutely. yeah. So, so today you guys have a, a bunch of different programs. I know you traveled to over 70 countries or 70 times to over 40 countries. So you've left the United States many times. Talk to us just kind of about how big this has become. I mean, and, and kind of what are the key programs that, uh, uh, people to people focus on? Well, we have, um, everything from, um, well, of course we have a three pronged mission, which is educational, cultural, and humanitarian. And each program has a component of each of those, um, shall we say, common threads. Um, we do a large student exchange, high school students, uh, and then we also uh, we do everything from that to the um, humanitarian eradication of landmines to peace camps to uh, global youth forums, uh, which are usually held in Kansas City. Um, so it, it really uh, extends to almost any facet of human nature. Everybody can get involved. The youngest member is something like uh, 10, and the oldest is 92. And he wasn't the oldest all along, but one of them passed away. So, I mean, there, there are a lot of, you know, it's, it's a very broad program, but that's, you know, peace is a broad thing, too. Mm-hmm. You guys have a network of more than 23,000 members around the world and in, in chapters that's correct uh, how how long i mean what where were you i mean take us through the growth process of this uh obviously technology's changed a lot over the years since since you started this but i mean is this was this a process to grow this organization i mean take us through that journey well it it um it was interesting because the first um group outside of the u.s um chapter if you will that's what we call them um, was formed in Korea, um, which uh, it was while Granddad was alive, and I know that they did it for Granddad. Um, but they uh, started a hosting program uh, for the military that were stationed in Korea. Um, they wanted to make them feel welcome and at home and that kind of thing. And um, even though some of the bases have closed down, the chapters remain, and they, they do humanitarian work still. So um, it's it started with uh, Korea, but then as we traveled out, you know, to various areas of the of the world, um, Europe, for example, uh, in the 90s, um, you know, uh, 
it, the the whole idea resonated with the people that we were visiting, and uh, they started chat. You know, they began to start chapters, and it just kind of grew from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we're you know we're on six continents. Um, uh, and what's really fun is when we 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 have annual meetings, and we also have a biannual uh, worldwide conference. When people get together, it's it's just like being with family. I mean, we all know each other's stuff. We love each other, and there's just no. I kind of sound like a hippie. I used to call Granddad <laughs> the original "Make Love Not War" person, but um, you know, it, it's it's uh, amazing. It's like a um, it's like a salve to all the news you hear that mm. beats you up daily. I agree. Like that's know, that was true. a question. You know, like you, you're actually going to all these countries. You're seeing all these stories. Uh, on the website ptpi.org, there is a, a link to people-to-people stories where you have stories from uh, individuals from all over the world uh, sharing their story with the organization and how they've they've really kind of tried to work and progress the mission and the vision of People-to-People International. Uh, more of these stories need to be shared uh, because in the, in the news cycle nowadays, you know, it's, it's, it's always a negative, uh, and you don't see these types of things talked about enough. Well... Let me put it this way: It's 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 it. You, you could almost call it heart to heart. But um, um, I was in Sri Lanka once. Uh, we were we were doing landmines there, and the tsunami hit. And I went to visit one of the children's homes that um, I'd been going to on a regular basis because of the landmines. Uh, and you know, we wanted to make sure everybody was all right, and of course, we wanted to see what their needs were. And um, the students or the the children knew that um, my name was Mary and that I was Western. And their tradition is to give gifts when they when they get um, company, right? But of course, they had nothing, and the last thing I expected was a gift. But what they did was, uh, little girl, she must have been about six or seven. She was obviously the team leader. She claps her hands, and the whole class goes down cross-legged and starts singing, "Mary had a little lamb in Sinhalese." Hmm. They knew my name was Mary, but they didn't know anything else about me. Oh wow. <laughs> And I recognized the tune, so I started singing it in English, and they started laughing at me, and I was laughing at them. That is a gift I'll take to my grave. Mm, that was the best story. gift I think I've ever gotten. Very cool. Uh, Mary Jean Eisenhower is our guest. Uh, a few more minutes left in the segment. Uh, Mary Jean, I know you have an event. Um, uh, we're taping this show, but it's on Friday, October October twentieth, two 2017. It yes. is your uh, annual celebration. Talk to us about what that does, and I know you're in your 61st year of the organization, and this event will feature... The Little River Band. Tell us about it. That's correct. Um, well, we will have, um, of course, a, a people-to-people program, um, and our keynote speaker this year is uh, uh, George Cleveland, who is Grover Cleveland's, uh, believe it or not, grandson. Um, there's no greats in there. He's, he's a direct grandson. And, Interesting. Um, looks just like him, too, I might add. But he's, <laughs> he's a great speaker and a lot of fun. Um, and he loves people to people, so he'll, uh, you know, we're really excited to have him. Um, and then, of course, there's a, a, a silent auction and that, that type of thing. And then the Little River Band will uh, do a concert after the program uh, as entertainment. And that, that part of it is open to the public. Mm. The Little River Band is. Okay. And that's yeah. at, uh, where's the location for this? Uh, at the Arvis Bank Theater at the Midland. Okay. Great venue. Yes. Historic venue. I think it's haunted, <laughs> and I love it because you know they're all very friendly spirits, but they're there. <laughs> oh yes, it's a great venue. You know, I, I've heard a story that it was the first theater in the United States that had air conditioning in it. I don't know if that's true or not, but it was. It's it's passed been passed through many times. Uh, 
But that's interesting. So, again, this is on October 20th, Friday, uh, the Play for Peace benefit, the annual celebration. Uh, 61st year, you guys have been doing this for 61st year. You're over in a, over 160 countries now, uh, building uh, peaceful yes. relations. Yes, yes. Um, and it, like I say, um, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a great concept. Uh, as they say, the old man was right. Um, so I, I would encourage anybody who would want to be involved with something like that um, to get involved. You know, of course, we'd prefer if it were people to people, but any like-minded organization, we really hope that, um, um, you know, that will be the mode rather than what we're in. <laughs> people to People International, ptpi.org. There's a link on the website where you can join. You can join a chapter. You can give uh, and donate. Uh, all kinds of great information. Uh, there's more information about all their different programs and goes into more of the About Us uh, stories and whatnot. Again, that's ptpi.org. Mary Jean Eisenhower, I appreciate you coming on the show today. Uh, it's been interesting to talk to you, and uh, congrats on all your success, and keep up the great work you do each and every day uh, in the United States and around the world. Well, thank you so much for having me, Jason. It's, it's great to talk to you, and, and uh, you, you keep doing your good work, too. You, you, you do a lot of great things. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Appreciate you coming on today. Thank you. Take care. Take care. We'll be right back after the break with more Grill Nation. Thank you again to Mary Jean Eisenhower uh, for coming on the show. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body. It drops. Welcome back to a Grill Nation with Jason Grill. I'm your host, Jason Grill. I appreciate you joining us again today on 980 AM KMBZ and on iTunes and Stitcher Radio at the Grill Nation Show podcast as well as at grillnationshow.com. Uh, you can connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. Uh, also available on all the other social media handles and, and, and places you can go for uh, content, Facebook, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter. Just search for my name, at Jason Grill. We have one of our uh, favorites back here on the show. I, I wish that we were bringing him on to talk about some uh, playoff baseball, which we'll maybe get to a little bit. But we're, uh, we're going to talk to our friend from the uh, Fox Sports Kansas City crew. Uh, Joel Goldberg is on the line. He is a uh, great guy and uh, catches up with us each and every, uh, actually about three or four times, maybe six times a year. Uh, to talk to us about the Royals and what he's been up to and his travels. Uh, Joel, how are you today? I am doing great. How are you, Jason? I'm good. So uh, you're in the off season now, huh? Off season yes. mode. Yeah, it's a it's a funny. It's not really a funny thing, but it's always interesting to me because you know pretty much everybody every day says, oh, "I wish you were still working," and of course I do too. But I feel a little guilty because. Yeah, I'm the one in the equation that that still is okay. Like I get to go home and hang out with my family and not work seven days a week. So I'd rather be doing that because who wouldn't want to cover playoff baseball? But the um, the consolation prize is pretty good too for me. What's that like for you? I know you have a lot of things going on right now. One of which, uh, JoelGoldbergMedia.com. You uh, you're doing a lot of professional speaking and emceeing in the off season, aren't you? Yeah, which is a lot of fun for me. I just I kind of. I guess in a way I stumbled into it last year. I mean, I'd always spoken to groups, and I I ended up being asked to speak to a couple of companies last year and realized that that was a lot of fun to be able to share some stories and, and also some strategies. I mean, you know this, there there's so many similarities between sports and business 
um, and teamwork and championship culture and relationships. And those are all things uh, that I talk about uh, depending on the speech and the needs of the company. And, it, it, you know, it's fun for me because I have so many stories to relate. I, and I don't want to get up there and just be the motivational speaker and, hey, here's some cool stories. Thanks for having me. You know, I, I want to be able to share some strategies. And I've been lucky enough to be around winning teams and winning cultures. I've been lucky enough, I think, to be around here in Kansas City to real, really be able to have a front row seat to watching a, an organization that had very little championship culture uh, go to, to creating a culture that involves the whole city, um, a winning culture. And even though they didn't win this year, I mean, all you have to do is look at our television ratings mm-hmm. and – you know, we finished second. We, we might have finished first if not for that 22-game winning streak of the Indians where it became must-see television every night uh, as the Royals were kind of win one, lose one, win one, lose one. But but here's a season where they just finished under 500, which is now considered disappointing in Kansas City. That's a that's a rise in culture, too. And, and we have the second-highest ratings of any broadcast in the nation behind the Indians and ahead of, yes, the Cardinals. So um, that, that's really... Uh, a product, a byproduct of what has happened over the last few years. It really is. Uh, we're talking to Joel Goldberg. You can find him on Twitter at Goldberg KC. I've also seen he's in, he's on Instagram now as well, aren't you, Joel? No, I think I, I was. Um, now oh, you're off uh, again. I just, no, I, I, don't, I forget to check it, which I, it probably is a sign of my age, and that, that's kind of a garbage answer because, I mean, I, I feel like I have a decent presence on social media, although from an age standpoint, you know, if if Twitter is number one for me, and I guess Facebook is number two, that's sh- certainly showing my age. There's not a millennial uh, that would ever want to do that. Then again, I'm not a millennial. But <laughs> I, I, for whatever reason, like, I was close to maybe you can give me some, um, if not advice, some motivation. Because I do know that Instagram is um, probably more more popular, right, than, than um, Twitter. It certainly seems to be trending in a better direction as Twitter. But I... I, I was close to getting in with Instagram because you couldn't do videos on Twitter. And once they once they allowed you to do video on Twitter um, and pictures, it's like, well, what's the point? Right. Yeah. You know, you feel like I, I feel like I miss a lot on, on Instagram. You've built up your following on Twitter, which is a good avenue for what you do, uh, no yeah. doubt. Joel, I was at the final homestand, the final game of the year, oh. uh, the a couple weeks ago. I guess I had a visitor in town. We we went to a couple games. Did a sporting on Saturday, Royals Sunday, and Chiefs Monday night against the Redskins. Mm-hmm. Great time here in Kansas City. Yeah. What was it like for you? Uh, give us kind of a peel peel behind the onion a little bit about what it was like uh, at Kaufman uh, the day that the Royals kind of lost this the, the lost yeah. the last game and then the crew kind of uh, as we know it right now. I mean. Probably won't be back together next year. What was that like for you and for the for the players? Yeah, I don't see the crew being back together. The question, of course, will be uh, how many, if any of them, will be back, and that's um, a story for another day, or maybe it's for sure. today. I don't know. But um, don't we'll get back we in that when we have you on in the wintertime, Joe, with the hot stove. Fair, fair <laughs> enough. But if, if you're if you're wanting me to guess, I'm, I'm guessing zero to one being back. But uh, everything changes if if um, somehow Hosmer can be in the mix, but. Um, that was a day, <clears throat> I, I think I'll forever remember it, and of course most people will, um, but I, 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 I went into that day, and I don't remember who it was, family, friends, somebody that had texted me, you know, saying, boy, this is going to be really emotional, and I wasn't trying to be all Mr. Macho, um, but I am sometimes guilty of, of, of kind of raining on people's parade, or my wife tells me all the time that, you know, I'm always 
You know, I'm always putting a wet blanket on the fire because it, to me it's just it's just work. Um, I certainly understand, you know, the the excitement, the highs, the lows, the diversion, the escape that it brings fans. But I'm programmed to handle losses. I'm programmed to just, hey, it's a business. And so, you know, when someone had said to me that, boy, this is going to be so emotional today, I said, well, you know, it's, I mean, uh, I'll be fine. I know, I think, I think my response was, I'll be fine, but I know it's going to be tough for the fans. And I just, I didn't realize how powerful it was going to be. And I, I can't think of an organization doing a better job than what the Royals did, and in, and specifically Ned Yost, to not just honor those guys and, and, and give them that special moment, but to be able to give that moment to the fans. Sure, there might be other places that, that would do it as well, maybe, um, but I just can't imagine it being done better. It was it was so well thought out. It was so perfect. It was it was um, it was just so um, so perfect for for this town and 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 this region and the relationship between the fan base and the players. And and what I found myself, I, I I just found myself eventually getting caught up in it. I mean, I went to the stadium that day, sort of feeling the same way that I do for the last game of every year. You know, ready to be done and, and, and take a deep breath and, and catch my breath, but but very um, very mindful of of the fact that I wasn't going to work the next day. And um, so you just kind of look at the stadium a little bit differently. You 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 appreciate the surroundings a little bit more than even usual. Um, so I was doing all that, and then I went down to the field. Or I stayed down on the field after my second inning in-game story or whatever I had done thinking, you know, if he pulls somebody out here in the next inning or two, I, it, I'd love to just be standing right down here on the field. And and then I think Vargas gave up maybe the homer, and I thought, well, this inning isn't going great. I think I'll just go upstairs. And I'm, I'm halfway upstairs when I realized that he's about to pull all four guys out. And I think this was after Vargas had been pulled, so I'm like, all right, I'm going to go up. And I quickly go sprinting out. I'm like underneath the diamond club just so I could watch it. So I'm like, gosh, I, there's so many moments for us where you don't even ever see it live. You might be stuck in a hallway, you watch it on TV, and I'm like, I like Salvi's, you know, Salvi's walk off in the wild card. I was I was in a room at that point waiting for the game to end. I just didn't want to miss that, and I'm glad I didn't. And then I I I really struggled to get a question out to Hosmer after the game because it just I could see the tears in his eyes. I could feel the emotion from him. I had asked him right before we went on, you know, hey, you, you okay? Because uh, we're pretty close, I think, and um, and he said, "I just, just you got You're gonna have to make this quick, so I'm not gonna make it very long." And mm-hmm. that kind of got me right there. Like it just, I choked up then, and and I'm like, man, all I really have to do is say, you know, hey, you know, glad to be joined by Eric Hosmer. Um, I'll just let you talk, and that's what I tried to say, and I I could barely get that out, and he mm-hmm. could barely get his thing out, and that's you know, I'll remember that forever. Sure, for sure. Uh, Joe Goldberg is with us. Yeah, it was emotional. I mean, what, uh, what, a, I mean, we'll get to the moving forward in the next segment. Uh, but I want to, what was it like? I mean, what do you think the major reasons why the team, uh, were not successful to make the playoffs this year? Was it, was it the injuries? Was it the pitching? Was it, was it the bullpen? But what do you think it was? Well, it's a, it's a combination of everything. And, and I, I do think we all usually want to put our finger on one thing. And very rarely is it just one thing because yes, the injuries hurt. Um, and, and most, Significantly, they hurt the, the the pitching, but so did the, the brutal April start. I mean, if they don't have the start they did in April when they were healthy, um, then maybe we're talking about a different season. 
Duffy was hurt. Ian Kennedy was hurt briefly and was never quite the same coming back. Um, Nathan Carnes, maybe a lot of people don't remember this, but before he went on the disabled list uh, and then missed the rest of the year, uh, and they were in a holding pattern for a while, not knowing is you know is, is he um, is he coming back any day now? I remember, I remember him telling me I might not even need the DL, and it ended up turning in a thoracic outlet, being out for the year. But um, when when he went on the DL, or at least missed his first start, he was rolling. I mean, he 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 had I think a lot of us thinking this is why they traded Dyson for him because we're going to get four years of this. This is right, this is right. incredible. Um, so that was a big loss for a guy that was your fifth pitcher. And remember, filling those holes, I mean, eventually they, you know, Jacob Junis, who, who struggled early, became a huge bright spot on the year. But if, think about all the pitchers that they ran through and guys that they were starting, not just at the end, but, but earlier that, that just, that, that, that they weren't working. And, um, yeah. So I think that was a big deal. The pitching wasn't, I mean, this was a rotation, again, injuries hurt, that they were thinking was going to be the best that they put together in years. That didn't work out. The bullpen really never settled itself until the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. um, really, which was interesting in itself. Hey, Joel. Uh, Alex Gordon, header off the air. There's a lot of stuff. I agree. I agree. we got to get a break, but we're talking to Joel Goldberg here on Grill Nation. We'll be right back after the break with more with Joel. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill, 980M, KMBZ, and on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, as well as at GrillNationShow.com. Really appreciate you joining us for our final segment today. We have a friend of the show and great guy, Joel Goldberg. His Twitter handle is at GoldbergKC. He's the pre- and post-game host, as well as a reporter during the games at uh, Royals Games at Fox Sports Kansas City. He's also a uh, got a great website, JoelGoldbergMedia.com. He's uh, doing a lot of speaking and also... Uh, play-by-play voice of different organizations throughout town, such as the Missouri Mavericks and UMK ba- UMKC Basketball. Uh, in the past, Joel, uh, we're talking about the Royals. Let's move forward here and, and look towards uh, the off season. We, we know we're going to have to deal with some uh, free agency. Uh, yeah. What do you? What, what, what if you had to predict? Not not on those free agents, but just kind of the the, the general uh, plan the Royals will move towards. What do you think it is? Because I know that. They're going to, are they going to try to piecemeal and bring in some free agents or are they going to really kind of go to a total youth movement? What are your thoughts? I mean, I think that's probably where we'll end up unless, you know, something big breaks. Because I say, and, and, and again, yeah, we can evaluate all this later, but I always say every year, and this is a bigger year with so many free agents, that, that it's really hard to predict until we see what the market demands. So, and I think we always all value our own players maybe more than what other people do because of the personal attachment. So it's possible that one of these guys, two of these guys, uh, maybe a few, I don't know, uh, maybe we think they're better than the rest of the league thinks. And and, and I'm talking fans here, but, uh, you know, if other teams don't see any of these guys um, as, as much as, as what the Royals do, then maybe the price becomes more reasonable. But let's just assume that, that most or all are gone. I think what you'll end up seeing is, uh, and this is just my guess, Ned Yost really going after um, 
athletic players certainly, guys that still fit into that clubhouse. I mean, I you know when I go out and talk to businesses, I talk about championship culture. They're, they're not going to throw away the culture that they've built. Um, and and when you talk about championship culture, it's not just hey we we brought in a bunch of talent. Um, it was also as we saw with so many of the moves that they made, some moves that worked, some moves that didn't work. But they, they never brought guys in that didn't fit the mold of this clubhouse and the type of people that they wanted. Uh, the type of people that, that Kansas City, I think, and Kansas City fans, uh, Kansas Cityans became proud of. And one of the reasons why there was so much emotion, not just because of the success, but because of the, the attachment. So I think they'll look for guys like that. I mean, um, Brandon Moss didn't have a good year, although it, it certainly got better late. Um, but guys like him and Jason Hamill and, uh, and Jason Vargas and Ian Kennedy that um, again, we'll see, you know, what the results are. They're mixed for some of those guys, but but guys that just fit the team mold here, um, and I, I think that he'll be on the lookout for for players. And then, you know, don't forget too, they've got they've got a lot of flexibility, um, which will help them not being pigeonholed and have to go after having to go after a certain position. So there's talk about maybe Modesty trying some things out in center field. That's very intriguing to me. He's a dynamic athlete. Cuthbert could play first or third. Um, Gordon showed that he could play center. Orlando can play center. Um, so you have some guys that um, you know that that can move around and do some things, which will which will certainly open up some possibilities. Mm-hmm. It'll be exciting to see. I think uh, see where the the next season goes. I really think it will be interesting yeah. to see who plays and who they sign. And uh, looking at the schedule for next year, there's some great interleague matchups as well. Some good road trips. Maybe not as good as this year, but you know they're going to be playing the Cubs next year um, at mm-hmm. home. And also a trip out to Pittsburgh, which we both love that stadium and that atmosphere. Yes, Joel, Joel, speaking of the Cubs, uh, we're taping the show on Tuesday. It'll air on mm-hmm. iTunes and podcast year later in the week. And then on Saturday, we're, we're listening on air right now. Um, postseason baseball going on right now. Uh, who do you think will win the World Series? Well, let's see. Initially, I had Cleveland over Washington, so that worked out pretty well. Um, <laughs> I think Cleveland uh, and, was a safe, safe selection there. I, I, people always go with the Nats, and they they always let you down. They're like the Chiefs yeah, in the nineties. I, I actually wasn't sure whether to go Nats or Dodgers, um, and I just sort of went with the Nats, really for no other reason than to be different. I mean, it's I, I, I tend to feel a little bit better about the teams I've seen, uh, but that's tricky too because if you see a team at the right time. You know, like the Astros didn't play great against the Royals this year, but that doesn't mean they're not a good team. But that was maybe some of the impression that I had. Uh, you know, and I, I, I just how could you not feel good about the Indians? But that that's just so baseball. It's I heard some people saying, well, the you know the Indians peaked too early. Well, I don't really buy that. I mean, the Dodgers peaked earlier than they did. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. These things come in cycles, and there's no formula to the cycle, and you could just, like, were the Indians really cold or did they just happen to lose a few games at the wrong time? Uh, you know, when you're hot, you, you, you just don't lose. And and when you get cold, you might lose five, six in a row. Uh, losing two or three in a row in the regular season is barely even noticed. But you lose three in a row in the playoffs like the Indians, and suddenly it's, well, you peaked too early. Oh, you, you won too early. But, no, I, they... They would like to have been as hot as they were earlier. If, to me, it right now, and again, we're recording this before Game 3 of the NLCS, but to me right now, the Dodgers are starting to look like the team that the Royals got swept by before the All-Star break. If that's the case, 
then I like the Dodgers to win this whole thing. Dodgers and American League, you like the Astros? Yeah, I like the Astros right now. Although, and again, we are recording this just a little before the Yankees play uh, in the afternoon. Um, the Astros have not scored a lot of runs up until this point. They've won two games, but they start getting into close games, and I'll, I'll tell you what, I like this Yankees bullpen. Uh, and they, they they have that Royals type of bullpen with guys pitching in the sixth and seventh inning that are closers. So uh, I, I thought like the Indians sort of had that too, but I, I the Yankees are dangerous to me, and they're young and athletic and hungry. And I, I think they might give the Astros a run for their money. If they can win game two, suddenly it's best of three series, and that becomes interesting. But I, I think right now I'm, I'm saying Dodgers and Astros, and if I get that wrong, I'll switch my picks again. Yeah, the League Championship Series, I always forget about this. Uh, I'm looking at the schedule. I mean, they're playing a lot of games quickly. I mean, there's three games yep. down in the AL, AL Series. There's two down in the NL Series. There's seven-game series. They're 17th, 18th, 20th, 21st. I mean, th- these are back-to-back-to-back, and then – the Cubs had a uh, long travel day from DC, I would assume, to LA. So they're 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 going to be back at home. So this will be interesting to see. I, yeah. I I just hope they're not. You know, I hope they go six seven games. Those are always more fun and be great to For see. Everyone. Great to see a great World Series. Um, yep. I'm excited about it. That that'll the World Series begins on October 24th and will fin- finish if it goes to Game Seven on November 1st. Joel, we got about a minute left. Uh, Man, you're back at it. You're running around town. Got a lot of stuff going on. Are we going to hear you on any uh, other sport avenues here in the off season? Yes, I'm not trying to compete with Grill Nation. <laughs> uh, never could, uh, but good initials that we share. Uh, but I, I am actually starting a podcast, which is really going to help. I think you know involve my uh, my speaking business, and um, it's it's going to be um, kind of tying business and sports together. So the concepts of of business and championship culture and, you know, teamwork. Um, it's not going to be a Roy- Royals or sports podcast, but it's going to tie in some of the big business leaders here in town as guests. Just about, you know, 15, 20-minute podcast. Uh, first one will be with Danny O'Neill, the founder of The Roastery. Great. And um, and there'll be many other, you know, big names that you recognize. It'll be something fun and different for me to do. Well, that's pretty cool. I'll definitely listen in. If you ever need a guest, Joel, you know where to find yes, me. Yes, I know who you are. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll bridge the gap between the... The bad business people and the awesome business people. I'll be right in the middle for you. Um, I'd love to do it. I'd love to, I'd love to check that out. And Joel, I appreciate you coming on the show as always and and sharing your knowledge and your expertise. And, uh, we'll definitely talk to you again here down the road when we start talking hot stove. I appreciate you coming on the show. Love it. Thanks, Jason. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Grill Nation. We'll see you again next week. Have a good one, guys.